neither of us is really good at, you know, rolling off a script. So we just kind of go off the cuff a little bit. Um, I don't know how detailed we want to get with introductions, but um, we'll just go with first names. My name is Fred. Um, You know, I've been, I got family man, um, been working in law enforcement for about 11 years, give or take a couple different agencies. Um, Me and my cohort here are kind of just looking to um, go over current events, you know, open topics to discussion. Eventually we want to get to the point where we're opening up lines of dialogue with other people, you know, eventually have people included in this that aren't a regular part of this program that we're eventually hoping to build and try to humanize, uh, humanize law enforcement a little bit. Um, you know, get our opinions and takes on things, how we feel about things, both from a law enforcement perspective and just American, I guess, patriots as we consider ourselves. So I'll let my, uh, my partner here introduce himself. I'm Brian. Uh, I've only been in law enforcement for a little over a year. Worked for one agency, which was the same agency as Fred here. Um, pretty much lived with my family. Uh, really didn't live where I worked, but now I do. So happy to serve the community as much as I can. Uh, patriot, conservative, and Christian. I mean, not really much to me, but uh. Like he said, this is He's lying. There's, there's a lot. Huh? <laughs> I, said, I said you're lying. There's a lot, but go ahead. Yeah, whatever. I really don't like talking about myself, but anyways. Um, yeah. Just trying to get our opinions. I'm obviously still new. He's a veteran. So we're just trying to uh, talk about our perspectives as far as uh, law enforcement and current events, because current events affect law enforcement, no matter what. All right. So, um, some other, some current events that we're going to talk about today is constitutional, uh, liberties like second amendment, first amendment, especially since conservatives are being, uh, canceled law enforcement's being vilified. So this is a way to humanize us and show that we're just like everyone else. We have hopes, dreams, fears, um, we casually play video games all the time so i mean it's up that's it pretty much yeah just more than anything to kind of give the impression that you know the media and not to not to take anything away from people that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing not to take anything away from the people that embarrass our profession and should be absolutely vilified yes um just just like anybody else any other group of people you know there are awful people within that group and you know we we all pay the price for their poor decisions and their poor actions. And it's, you know, it, it's seen a, a sharp increase at least, you know, cause I started back in 2009 in an agency that covered an area that was much, much worse with crime than, than the current one that I work in, uh, we work in. And it, even then when crime was through the roof, it was, it was not bad. Like it is now we didn't run into a, a lot of the problems that we have. We are legitimately, you know, our, our, agency that we work for is is very very good has very good ties with the community we have very few complaints as far as that i've seen and from talking to people very few complaints from the community um we we our our top guy reaches out to all types of uh sectors of the community to reach out and branch out to them Uh, we have a very good rapport and it just seems like 
no matter what kind of rapport we build with the community, we still run into those calls where we go to. And, um, you know, I just had one recently where we were basically treated like we were racist and we were going to do something awful, even though we were called there to help. So it, it is an ongoing and growing problem. And while I may understand where some people are coming from, um, it is a problem that is getting out of hand because there are a lot of good cops that are trying to do the right thing. And like I said earlier, we, we pay the consequences for people's actions that are not our own. So, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to try and get some of your thoughts. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on body cams for police? Is it good, bad, kind of indifferent? Well, uh, it's, it's gone over. Let's go through a transitional uh, period. It's, it's, it's changed for me because early on, you know, I was young, I was excitable. I was dumb like everybody else is when they're young and they're new. And I was vehemently against them. And to a, to a degree, I mean, the, the, the biggest reason I was ever against them and, and it is still kind of there in the background is that there are certain aspects of our job that, you know, the public just wouldn't be excited to see. You know what I'm saying? Um, there are things that, you know, have to be done and not necessarily illegal things or things that are wrong, but the way you have to handle certain situations, the way you have to talk to certain people, um, the way you have to respond to certain people, um, things that the community at large just don't understand doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong to this. They don't understand. And it, that was always a big thing for me. Like sometimes things just have to be done. Um, I wouldn't treat you or respond or your mother. I wouldn't treat or respond to your mother the same way I would somebody that's uh, like verbally respond to them the same way that um, someone that just, you know, harmed a small child. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's differences in the way you handle things and it, it sheds a, it sheds a, sheds a light on things that sometimes can look rough to the community, even though you're not doing anything wrong or illegal or violating anybody's rights. The problem is it's gotten so bad with so many false allegations and don't be mistaken. There are tons of false allegations from somebody that's dealt hand in hand. I never worked in IA, but had dealt hand in hand with IA and seen some of the allegations that come through. Some are absolute nonsense and body cams across the country are saving cops necks, just flat out, just stomping frivolous complaints into the dirt. And at this point, for me personally, in my opinion, I think the, the benefits of the body camera for officers drastically outweighs any kind of perceived cons. I mean, at this point, you know, yeah, when you're young, you're rough, you're, you know, you're rough around the edges. But at this point in my career, the way I, I interact with people and whatnot, it's, it's not like it's necessarily going to change because there's a body camera there. Yeah. Again, maybe when I'm standing there with other deputies or officers or troopers, um, I may, you know, say some things that are, you know, hurt people's feelings, but you know, there's no disrespect to anybody and, and no poor treatment of anybody. So, Unfortunately, those things are caught on camera too. You go to the bathroom, all those things are all caught on camera. So yeah. pros and cons. All right. So basically my opinion on body cams is I believe it's good for law enforcement in general. Cause like you were saying, frivolous, uh, even shootings when they happen, they can see that it's justified and that it's not just, you know, racist cops going out and killing people just cause they want to. Like the incident in Columbus, Ohio. Obviously, the lady had a knife. 
and even the one in uh, Chicago saved the cup, in my opinion. So, I mean, I, I believe they're a good thing for everybody, the citizens and police. And yeah, I, I think overall, I, I just I want people to understand how these things change not only how police handle citizens, but how citizens handle police. You know, there are a lot of situations where um, they had a, a, a police officer in Georgia and um, I believe it was a sergeant. I don't know what their police department was, if it was a sheriff's office or police department or state trooper, whatever, mm-hmm. actually pulled someone over and someone was trying to record him with a cell phone. And, and he did everything that he was supposed to do as far as, you know, you're allowed to record me, but you have to stay out of the way. So you're not impeding my investigation and so forth. And it got to the point where she was impeding on the investigation so much. He threatened to handcuff her and put her in the back of the car and take her to jail. And she filed a complaint that he cursed at her and that he threatened her bodily harm and she was terrified for her life and so on and so forth. And once the um, report went into IA, um, they checked his body camera. And when they found out that none of what she said was accurate whatsoever, he was possibly the most professional I've ever seen a cop with somebody screaming at them. Um, they, they, they dropped the, tr- the complaint, obviously, but the officer then turned around and went with, um, went through their district attorney, straight state attorney, whatever that location calls it, and actually pushed for charges through her, through the state attorney's office directly and, and uh, leapfrogged the, the agency. And the state attorney's office ended up charging her. Um, she didn't serve any jail time or anything like that, but they, they, they charged her because obviously her intent was to affect his career and be vindictive when he did nothing wrong. And they charged her and she had probation, you know, she worked for a fire department so or in public safety somewhere. So she wasn't allowed to hold that job for the two years she was on probation. I mean, there are consequences, you know, if, if, if these body cameras are going to be used, then great, I'm for it, but understand that. Uh, this is probably going to affect law enforcement differently than you think it will. Um, it, it's not going to necessarily go the way you think it is. And it's, it's just being shown across the country. It may not hit the mainstream media, but we have, we, we see a lot of the stuff, you know, it, it is sweeping across the country that frivolous, frivolous allegations are getting tossed and people are suffering consequences for, for lying. Okay. So speaking about the mainstream media, what are your opinions on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned that you're a, a conservative and, you know, I'm not going to try to hide my biases, you know, just like you, I'm a uh, Christian. Um, you know, a lot of my viewpoints are extremely conservative. Um, sometimes they float into that libertarian area. Um, you know, uh, I'm, you know, small government, uh, you know, leave me alone, stay out of my business and I'll stay out of your business, so forth. But um, the mainstream media, it it's flat out been caught lying repeatedly um, over, not even just recently. I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten blatant, I think over the last year or so, especially since our election, um, uh, especially since Trump was put in office, um, you know, their bias, you know, came right through. Uh, they, there's no denying, there's no beating around the bush. They hated him. And I understand why sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a Trump guy, but um, I understand why they hated him so much. He's brash. He 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 came in and he kind of just blew up the whole thing. He he put everybody on notice. And it, a lot of people looked stupid for a long time until they got rid of him. And 
their bias is so glaringly obvious now. He exposed them. I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether he's a great guy or he's a piece of crap, um, you know, they, he exposed them. Uh, I mean, there are so many instances where they were willing to lie just to make him look bad and build a narrative. It's become blatantly obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, the, the media, like I said, even, even as far back as 09, when I started, I mean, I had gone to, to calls and taken preliminary reports and had actually, they've actually, they had actually fabricated quotes out of my uh, narratives to try and push their narrative. You know, it, it's, it's insane. So, yeah, I mean, the media, I, I remember it used to be uh, help, you know, help law enforcement, be pro law enforcement, but now it's kind of just whatever they want to push at this time. And it doesn't matter how they'll get that conclusion as long as they can have other people get to that conclusion by how they say or how they tell the story or whatever. But, uh, but I really don't have too much opinions. I personally try not to watch <laughs> much news because of, you know, all the blatant lies, whether uh, it's obvious that they happen or they just cut out a video just so to where it looks like a different, completely different story than what it was. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and they, they, they got caught doing it with Trump with, his uh, comments about the uh, Charlottesville, you know, about all the uh, the good people, um, uh, they they completely shrunk down the audio clip or video clip and completely uh, negated the whole part about him, you know, demonizing the white supremacists. You know, all white supremacy should, uh, you know, absolutely be demonized or however he quoted it. But I mean, it was very very clear and concise. There was no mixing words, uh, mincing words at all, and he just. They, they, they narrow it down to get what they need uh, just to prove their point. Uh, they do it with police shootings. They do it with, um, you know, with the Kyle Rittenhouse case. They did all that. They, they, they twisted and they manipulated what was put out to the media, to the, the masses. And, and the problem is they have one of the most powerful weapons in this country. They have power of the press and they get in front of stories and they build a narrative and they twist a narrative. And then once all of the true information comes out, it's too late because you have so many people, you know, conservative and liberal, you have so many people that are just sheep that they hear a narrative and they buy it hook, line and sinker. And I don't know if it's because they're too dumb to change their opinion when they know they're wrong, or if it's because they're embarrassed and they refuse to, to bend. But the reality is once that media builds that narrative, it doesn't matter. Um, the current issue with the police officer that stabbed the, I mean, shot the, uh, the girl. Uh, I don't know if she was, she was 16, I think something like that uh, with a knife. Um, you know, they, they went out there and, you know, it was immediately, you know, there was a, uh, a young black female, her life was lost and they completely, even with the video showing her trying to stab another person um, and, and failing to already stab another one, they, the media, it's you have this video plastered and plastered and I even posted it to social media. You have the, the, the news media, the anchor is talking with the video on the screen behind them. And they're actively talking about how much of a disgrace this is and how awful and tragic it is. And it is no, yeah. no life getting lost is good. Obviously anytime you lose a life, it's not good. No one wakes up and goes, you know what? I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to shoot somebody. No cop says that. No. Um, 
but they, they've got this video on the, the screen behind them talking about the tragedy and how a life was lost and it was taken unjustly as the video behind them is actively showing her swinging the knife to try and stab another person. Yeah. Right? You know, the, the, we should be talking about how a life was saved. I mean, unfortunately, you know, that family that lost that, that, you know, well, I guess she was a, an orphan, but I mean, or she was in the, the system, but yeah, you know, the, yeah. the, the adults around her that cared for her, obviously losing her is awful, but he, he just saved the life of a young girl who right, wrong or indifferent. The reason she was there is irrelevant. Um, because at that point, when, when you watch the full body camera, as the officer shows up, the, the even if those people were there to beat her up, they were actively separating and trying to end the conflict because the cop was there and they were smart enough to know if I keep this up, I could get hurt. And they tried to separate. And then she continued to go after these two females and stab them while there was a grown man kicking a 16 year old girl in the head, like soccer kicking her on the ground. And the other one's actively trying to stab another person. I mean, I don't know what else you have to do, um, whether that was a cop or whether that was a good Samaritan trying to save that girl. I mean, I don't know what else you have to do to get to a point where certain people in this country or certain and the media, especially think it's okay to, to protect somebody. I, I don't. Yeah. And another thing it's um, we go to many calls where, you know, the person that we end up arresting is the caller themselves. Oh, yeah, dude, it's insane how often that happens. I'm a victim, so, come save me, and they're the suspect. It happens all the exactly. time. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, well, they called the cop, or she called the cops, but then she got killed. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean if you call us that you're in the right. Well, and the worst part is, and this is the problem, like with the media and social media, social media is a blessing. I love social media. It gives me the opportunity to keep in touch with people that I haven't spoke to in or in person in years. And I, you know, I don't, I moved out of state and I don't see them anymore. Um, it allows me to do a lot of stuff like spout my political nonsense and bother my friends and family with it. They, some of them love it, some of them hate it, but, um, you know, the problem with social media is it gives everyone a platform, but which is, it's a great thing everyone has a platform, but it's also a bad thing because people can spout their nonsense. People can spread half truths, mistruths, uh, lies. I mean, any, however you want to label it, they can spread nonsense and it's, it's not kept in check. And uh, not that I think you should be censoring or limiting people, but uh, it's a, uh, well, like anything else, just like with most laws, it's a double-edged sword because you, in order to protect the good people that are doing the right thing, you also have to allow the bad people to have the same protections. So in a thing like social media, I think in order to let all the people that you believe are being honest and doing the right thing, have a voice, you have to give a voice to everybody. And it's important. Everybody has that voice. So people are jumping on social media and they're sharing media clips of, you know, half the information, half the video, um, you know, and there's, there's no checking like the police, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been told that the police aren't even 100% sure anymore that, I don't know, what was her name, Micaiah Bryant, something to that effect. Yeah. That she, she, they're not even positive she was the one that called. So, you know, the media and, and the social media just jams all this information, like an overload of information so quickly. And by the time it's, it's time to turn around and pump the brakes and backpedal and look at the information, and it's time to switch the narrative from the nonsense we have into the truth. It's too late. People have already made this, and, and I hate the phrase, but people have already made this their truth that by the time it's time to take their truth and get it over to the facts, 
it's too late. People are already honed in. They, they refuse to, to let go. Yeah, that's what we're, we're hoping to do with this is to open up our this platform to more people that disagree with us. I mean, I, I don't I love talking with people that disagree so we can meet somewhere in the middle and have a rational conversation. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for talking to people that disagree with me. And I, and I, I, I mean, you've been out with me on enough calls and, you know, you've had me you've been around me while I'm speaking in groups of people and not everybody agrees with me all the time. I'm not. The smartest person on the planet. I'm not. I'm not a genius. Um, but I welcome conflicting views and everything, as long as we can sit down and have a civil conversation. Because if you're going to sit down and try to talk to me, and it's going to be nothing but you calling me a, this kind of name, this kind of label, and you're going to just start spouting nonsense, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have that. I you know. I have a handful of friends. I grew up outside of DC. Uh, I grew up in Virginia and in, in Northeast Virginia. So it's, it's a melting pot, um, all races, all religions, um, all political ideologies. And, you know, I've, I've never, um, I've never blocked anyone on social media, uh, other than twice. One time I had a longtime friend that I thought was, you know, no matter how we, we drifted apart ideologically, um, that we could always find common ground. And there was a certain point where he, he essentially told me on a Facebook post that he doesn't care how many cops die. Um, the topic of discussion, um, at the time was, was more, was more important than the actual number of cops that get killed. And that for me was, I mean, I was already in this line of work that for me was the breaking point. And then more recently I had someone that, um, Every time I posted something, I don't mind you coming on my social media posts and, you know, questioning me or debating with me, but you, you come on my post and every single thing that you post is negative. You're arguing with me, you're fighting, you're name calling, and, you know, you don't come at me with facts. If you're going to argue with me, and, and I'm not the most intelligent person, like I said, I'm not a, this genius, but if you're going to come at me and I, and I present you with facts or information that is indisputable and your whole argument is, oh, well, I know a guy. I, I really don't care if you know a guy. You know, for every one person, you know, like, you know, I'm already, we're debating about, you know, military topics and stuff. And, you know, you're like, oh, I know five people currently in the military that'll tell you you're wrong. Okay, well, I know seven people in the military that'll tell you that I'm right. So that, that, that is not, you know, that's not statistical data. That doesn't back things up. Um, I, when I post political posts, I'm, I'm OCD. I'm real anal about stuff. I, I go and do research and I screen grab things from government websites and statistical places. And I, I incorporate it with my posts to try and prove my point. Um, not that anybody cares or anybody's even really listening, but um, I try to do that. So don't come at me sideways and then turn around and argue to the point of, well, I've got this friend of this race or religion or whatever, and they say no. So it's no, like give me something serviceable to work with. Yeah. More facts than just uh, anecdotal evidence of, you know, your personal experiences or other people's what they've and Well, sorry, but you know, personal opinions, uh, personal experiences are important, but again, personal experiences are not, you know, they're not the, the, the absolute baseline of what we should be. The whole country should, or the whole world should be basing opinions off of just because this, like I said, there are tons of bad cops. There are tons of bad conservatives. There are tons of bad libertarians. There are tons of bad white people. There's tons of bad in every group. But the bottom line is, if we start judging that entire group 
off of a handful of people, you know, that that's not the norm, you know, somebody waking up and deciding, you know what, I'm going to be a serial killer today. That's not the norm. It happens. It happens a lot, but it's, it, but not enough to where that needs to be the norm, you know, and, and people too often stand on a pedestal and scream, don't lump me in a group. And then they turn around and lump people in a group. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. Everybody is, but you need to be cognizant enough to go, ah, you know what? You're right. I'm judging you. And I need to take a step back for a second. Yeah. All right. So all this talk about social media and so their section, what was it? 320, 230, Yeah. Um, what's your opinion on that? Well, you know, when this started becoming a big thing, I, I jumped on the, the, the train of like pulling up the research. I actually read the, um, the actual government, uh, outline uh, of what section 230 is and what it covers. And without having the information right here in front of me directly, um, I, I think, I think it's conservatives have a tendency to just go abolish section 230 and you you're a big star wars guy right so yeah. so only sith dealing absolutes right yeah. so my, my thing is and i and i harp on my kids all the time because you know one of them 17 one of them's 21 and they're at that age where they're smart but they're stupid like you know like 17 and 21 year old stupid yeah, like you, you kind of think you know everything no life ex- yeah, yeah yeah no life experience yet you know you're 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 book smart and but you have no life experience so you're still stupid even though you're smart and they constantly are always like well that's the worst or absolutely that's garbage you know and it's like there there's everything they do is absolute and there's no wiggle room there's no gray area and I'm like that's not how the world works at all so when, when conservatives, when I go on and even conservatives that I love and I follow and they go abolish section 230, you, you can't say abolish section 230, you know, section 230 has a lot, a lot of good, good information in there and good protections for social media. I think you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So when you, if you're going to stand up there and say that social media is not a private business in the traditional sense and that we need to be able to stop them from censoring conservatives or censoring this group or censoring that group, which I agree with hundred percent. You should not be, you should not be plastering every post, um, especially when it has statistical data to back it up. You don't get to sit there and, and censor it and say it's half truths or misinformation. Yeah, or um, fact check it at the bottom. Right. So I think you, you need to stop censoring people but you can't, you can't sit there and go, oh, stop censoring people. But you're civilly liable too. So, you know, the whole point to Section 230 and what makes it so, uh, so important is that social media is a platform where, while there are tons of smart people, educated people, there are tons of well, well-intentioned, good people on social media. There are morons that are going to go on there and that are going to, you know, they're going to push their uh, white nationalist ideas or, you know, any other inappropriate, you know, group and hateful things, they're going to do those things. So the reason that they fall back on for, for censoring their everyone's speech is, oh, that's hate speech or that's violates our community standards, which is so vague. It's insane. You yeah. read their community standards. I've, I've been blocked for uh, community violation standards and, um, or community standards violations. And I, I've gone in there and read the section that they quoted 
and it doesn't even fit what they, my post doesn't even fit that, that guideline or that violation. So um, it's important that they have the protection to, to alleviate them if someone goes on there. So if, if Joe Smith goes on there and he's like, Hey, you know, um, I hate this group of people go on there and, you know, let's cancel these people. Let's harm these people, whatever the case may be. Social media platforms given the, the protection to not be civilly sued because some moron went on there and it was a platform for him to say something hateful or rude or inappropriate. Um, obviously the only thing that should be censored on social media, legal. So if you're cyber harassing somebody or cyber bullying or cyber sexual harassment, or you're threatening someone with bodily harm, things that aren't protected under the first amendment anyway, then those things should, those things should not, those things should get censored on social media. That's, you know, if it falls within the guideline of what a crime is, people should not be freely allowed to commit a crime just because it's on the internet. Yeah. But yeah. just offending people and hurting people's feelings. I mean, That's welcome to adulthood. Exactly. You know? So for me, again, not to get super long winded like every other topic, but section 230, I think is important. And I think it's, I think it's a failure by conservatives to just take the stance that we need to abolish 230 without, without going through and discussing the pros of 230. I think 230 should protect them from, if I get on there and say something stupid, they should not be civilly liable because they didn't silence me. Because when you're, when you're, on that hill and your voice is being silenced and all these people, these, these people down underneath you that are, um, they're throwing stones and they're, they're cheering and praising them for silencing you and shutting your mouth. Um, there's only a matter of time before you're next, before your viewpoint does not align with the message they're pushing. And then you're the one getting shut up. You're the one getting silenced and you have to protect everyone. Everyone's free speech is important. And social media has become such a big, big, big part of the way we communicate daily. It's not like back when Facebook was started, back when I was in middle school, it was for college students only. And once it opened to the rest of the world, you know, it became this phenomenon um, that obviously spawned a ton of other social media. Yeah. And, you know, it's become such an integral part of everyday life. People, people log into their apps. They log into their video games. They log into, um, you know, all these different, uh, different apps and tools on their phones and their computers through Facebook. So it logs and cop and keeps everything and tracks everything. It's such a big part of day-to-day -day life. And it's, it's become more than just a, a private company in my eyes. It's become more than just a private company that can do whatever they want. It is, they are giving people a portal to express their first amendment. Right. And, and I think even the people I disagree with absolutely need to be protected and their voices need to be sacred. I mean, even if what they're saying, I think is stupid, There's, they should still be allowed to be stupid. That's fine. Well, I, I thought uh, when Trump was in the president and the Republicans had control of the Senate and the house, I, I would thought they would do something about that, but Obviously, they didn't, and now we're kind of in the position that we are now, where the Democrats basically control uh, the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they're obviously not going to do anything because it's uh, their the social media companies are pretty much on their side. So, I mean, still President Trump can't, or sorry, ex-President Trump can't go on Twitter or Facebook or anything. And I think I read an article where. Facebook was reviewing his profile 
So yeah, they're board of their board of trustees or whoever the hell decides uh, yeah. final decisions on their Supreme court or whatever. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they reviewed it and they upheld it. You know, uh, if Donald Trump for four years, just like Joe Biden is now, Donald Trump was the most powerful man in the world and social media stifled him Yeah, and the media attacked him, whether you agree with him or not. Social media silenced the most powerful man in the world. It's only a matter of time before it's you. Yeah, it's I happening mean, to people. If it, if they can do the most powerful man in the world, you living in whatever state or whatever city, living is not going to be too hard. Yeah, for living them. in some liberal haven in in California. I mean, even look now, traditional liberals, um, traditional liberalism, and Democrats are being demonized by the modern leftists you have you have uh you know classical democrats that are voting more middle of the line or right just because it's so drastically different from you know the nonsense these leftists are peddling so it's only a matter like they start with conservatives then it's libertarians then it's people that are independent or they're they're um, non-party, and then it starts drifting into you know classical Democrats, and it's 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 only a matter of time, yeah. you know. And it, it needs to be protected. Like this is somewhere along the line in our country's history, we went from you know sticks and stones may break my bones to now um, words are violence, and yeah. that's insane. That, that's insane, you know, and, and you you deal with it as much as I do. How many times a day do we get a call where we go and someone's like, ah, you know, he's threatening me. I'm like, okay, well, how is he threatening you? Ah, well, he said, uh, you're going to regret that. Uh, okay, so well, how are you going to regret that? Is he going to get a gun and shoot you or is he going to sue you or is he going to badmouth you to your friends and family? Like, yeah, like at some point you need to be an adult and put your big boy underwear on big girl underwear on. And you need to just understand people are going to get mad and say stupid stuff. Now, obviously if they send you a text message and they're like, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. Obviously that's a little bit of a different story, yeah. but so many, so many people just calling and complaining that, you know, my neighbor yelled at me and he hurt my feelings. Oh, oh okay. I mean, the, the sheer number of adults, that we have had to have discussions with um, not to get crazy off topic, but it's still on topic. Um, he, me and one of our, our zone partners uh, way back several months ago went to a place and obviously it was a, a religious group arguing with a medical business over some practices yeah. and they they're standing off the property protesting and, you know, trying to stop the, patients from going in and having the procedures done. And, um, the, the man, the head guy at the facility did not appreciate that. And it turned into a constant, you know, Hatfield and McCoy tit for tat back and forth. And, you know, this dude is like 78 years old. He grew up in a time where you guys would just, you know, roll your sleeves up and throw hands in the back alley. And then you'd move on. You know, he grew up in a time where people were tough, and he's calling us because he's he's offended because they're they're hurting his feelings. They're saying mean, hateful things. And the fact that I have to uh, 
explain to a 70-something-year-old man who probably fought in a war for this country, for freedoms of speech. I have to explain to this grown man uh, freedom of speech, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what he can and can't do legally. I mean, it's it's insane. And, you know, I, I worked um, for a short stint between my first agency and this one. I worked in a school atmosphere. And the sheer number of 19, 20, 21 year old students that we had to have conversations with um, explaining to them, you know, you have have these morons that go out there and make Christians look bad. And they're, they're waving their signs going, Oh, you have a short skirt. You're going to go to hell. Oh, you're uh, you know, you're showing your belly button and your cleavage. You're going to burn an eternal damnation and calling them sluts and all kinds of other things. And, you know, they're like, Whoa, that, he hurt, he hurt my feelings and that bothers me and he shouldn't be allowed to do that. Why? Why? Uh, you know, as long as he's not telling them to harm all women that wear short skirts, like that, you're not, you're not violating the second, the first amendment. I'm sorry. You, there's, there's no, there's no Freudian slip. There's no problems with these. these we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the second amendment right. here in a minute. Since, you know, I, apparently my brain is ready to get to it before. <laughs> my mouth is, but you know, the, um, you know, people are going to say things that are going to hurt your feelings. And, you know, as long as they're not inciting violence against you, I mean, yeah. If, if you were to call me a racial slur about white people, it's not, it's not illegal. I mean, it, it may hurt my feelings, but it doesn't, I really don't care, but it may hurt my feelings. But you know, I got one time I got called sewer white, which means you're so white it looks like you live in a sewer because you get no sun. Okay. Oh, so I'm never going to hear that term. It was slightly creative. I almost applauded him for being so creative, but I mean, the reality is, you know, yeah, it sucks to be called names like that. I mean, that's, it is what it is, but yeah. we you grew up in a thicker time, you know, and you know, you can call it what you want to call it. My kids and I run around and roast each other all day long and I am brutal on them. We roast the crap out of each other. And you know what? they're tough. They're tough. And my dad was rough on me. Yeah. And you know, I'm not the toughest guy on the planet, but you can't say a thing to me to hurt me. Like my, my daughter just tried to roast me and joke with me the other day. And I'm like, she's like, why don't you get mad when I roast you? Because I don't care. I said, I'm fat. I got a big nose. I'm like, I listen, there's nothing you can say about me that I don't already know about myself. So I don't, it, it doesn't bother me. So people need to just develop a thick skin. I mean, yeah, it sucks getting bombarded and blasted all the time, but deal with it. Yeah. So oh, another misconception I I believe is that, you know, well, cops are going to come take your guns. First of all, it's the politicians that make the laws and it's up to us whether we want to enforce it or not. Yeah, it, it's... And I, you know, and this is the, this is the dilemma that I deal with because, you know, on social media, I'm obviously I'm right leaning. I'm a conservative. So you get into a lot of groups on social media, like closed private groups that are, you know, um, supposed to be like patriots and all this other stuff. And you get in there and being a cop, it's tough because you get in there and you see these morons, you know, you're, I'm right there with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But then they're like, these cops are going to come take our guns and it's going to be a bad day for them because I'm going to shoot them all. And it's like, first off, don't even go there because you had my support until you said that, you know what I'm saying? But second, we're, we're not going to take your guns. That's not, that's not how we do things. Um, no. we, you know, we, we, 
do not live in a liberal state. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are some liberal states that are not crazy leftist like California. We live in some, there are some liberal states that, you know, they, they appreciate gun rights and stuff like that, you know, mountainous states and everything. But especially with us, we, we don't work in a liberal state. We lurk, we live in a very, very, very conservative state. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to vouch. I don't want to speak for New York um, because with family up there, I've seen, or at least through marriage, family up there, uh, we've been there um, as an adult. I've been there and I've seen how stupid things are there. And the place is beautiful. Plenty of good people there, but the place is, is stupid. There are some of their rules and laws are ridiculous. California is the same way. If California wasn't so crazy off the wall with some of their rules and laws, I would love to live there. It's beautiful out there, but um, the nonsense, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to speak for them, you know, because every, every agency is different, just like every county is different and every state is different. Every city but, is different. Yeah. But, you know, at least, at least down in the Southern states, you know, Florida, Georgia, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, all that. Other, we are not taking your guns, my friend, yeah. because mm-hmm. we support second amendment rights more than just about anybody, maybe the military. And that's about it. Yeah. Like I've explained to you many times, I'm super pro-gun. I think we should be able to have access to explosives, tanks, just not <laughs> WMDs. So. Well, you know, I'm with you. Um, um, any any gun law is an infringement on the Second Amendment, whether you like that or not. That that's flat out um, shall not be infringed. There's no there's no debating the wording on the Second Amendment. I know you leftists are trying but there is no debating the wording on the second amendment. There is a reason there is a comma separating the militia and the citizens shall not be infringed. There's a reason for that because, and and the thing that should scare you and want you to have that second amendment right so much is uh, in the last few months, Biden flat out said when discussing whether or not the, whether or not, you know, the second amendment still is valid or stands. um, He flat out said, you, you can't go toe-to-toe with the U.S. military. And that's the problem. That is the problem. Yeah. You know, the, the Second Amendment was created so we could stop a tyrannical government from ruling us like, uh, like a king and a queen, you know, in a kingdom. That was the whole point to the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is so high on the Bill of Rights because it's there to protect all the other amendments and especially the first one. Exactly. there to protect that first one. So, I mean, and this, I get so sick of hearing, so sick of hearing these arguments. Oh, well, you know, the second amendment was created when, you know, it's created for muskets and flintlock, right? Uh, flintlocks and all. No, it's not. No, 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 no. If you, spent, go ahead. If, you, if you spent a, a moment of your life, um, you know, researching things before you say dumb things. Um, you would know how absolutely factually incorrect that is. Um, they had a, uh, a fully automatic crank, uh, machine gun that could fire 80 rounds a minute, 80 rounds a minute before like three years before the second amendment was, or the, the constitution and the bill of rights and all that stuff was, was written three, three. And I mean, the same logic will apply to the first amendment, well, do you only have a first amendment in papers or, you know, cause you got media. Do they not have first amendment right now? Yeah. I mean, you're, 
if you're going to argue with me that the second amendment is only for, um, you know, muskets and stuff like that, um, but we'll, we'll ignore the point that I just made. You know, if you're going to argue that that's all that was available, then, then you have no freedom of speech on, um, you have no freedom of speech unless you're writing me a letter with a quill in ink and you have no freedom of speech unless you're doing the old timey Ben Franklin, you know, put all the letters in there with the ink and press on the newspaper and shit like yeah, that's, that's the press. That's the only way you have freedom of speech. Otherwise the media doesn't have it. Social media doesn't have it. I mean, yeah, nobody has it unless you're like you said, in the primary, the, the press back then was newspapers, you know, freedom yeah. of the press does not apply to, to news anchors if that's how you want to look at it. So. All right. So last question. When, when you get home, is there a certain way you'd like to relax? Uh, I, I mean, I, I play video games. I, I watch movies. I love Star Wars and Halo and Fallout. So yeah. I mean, that's what I usually do. Well, it's tough for me. Um, you know, I, I love my family to death, uh, but having four children um, who the older ones want to spend time with you because you play video games with them and you, you know, you do car stuff and you play video games and you watch movies and all that. And then you have the little ones that, you know, are just glued to you and obsessed with you. You know, my, my 10 year old wants to play video games all the time. My daughter, the youngest, she's glued to me. She just wants me to look at every TikTok video on her phone. And, you know, you walk in the door and you've been at work for 12 hours and people don't understand, you know? Yeah. There are days where we have few calls for service and we, you know, we have stuff that, Maybe we did some traffic stops and stuff. Um, so we have light days, but man, 12, we work like 12.25 hours per day. Um, and sometimes even more if, you know, if a hot call comes out at the very end and you're stuck there for another two, three hours after. Yep. And then you've but got, that's happened to me plenty of times. And when you have like specialty units, like, you know, being in um, investigations and things like that, you could, you know, work an eight and a half hour day and 10 minutes before you go home, there's a cluster that comes out and you got to go handle that. And you end up, you know, I had a, I had a day while I was in investigations, I got saddled with something at noon, you know, we we're working, you know, seven thirty, seven to four, sorry, eight to four thirty. And at noon, I get saddled with something, helping another County with something that happened in our jurisdiction. And I didn't end up going home till nine o'clock the next morning. Once, you know, search warrants were done and we served everything and we searched everything, did everything that we had to do. You know, you're talking about like a, you know, I had 11 and a half hours of overtime on top of the eight and a half hours that I worked regularly. So, you know, you get wiped out like, and you get, you get just ripped apart um, from the, the, the time you log in to the time you get out. And yeah. Um, and that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes going call to call and doing all kinds of stuff is fun. Sometimes it's entertaining. You meet good people and sometimes it's miserable. Sometimes you go and you see some of the most horrific things you've ever seen and you want to come home and you just want to relax. And you walk in the door, someone like me, who's got like a whole baseball team at home and they're like, you know, daddy, 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 like everybody's in the ear. And then you got dogs and the dogs are jumping on you and they want your attention. Daddy, daddy, daddy. So, I, I mean, I do try to take time to compress and stuff. And, and, and honestly, I, th you know, I try to be, I try to be funny. I mean, I'm probably not funny, but I try to be funny in general in my personal life. And, um, I try to make jokes about things and, you know, I I'm constantly, we're constantly ripping on each other and making jokes and just trying to have a good time. Um, you know, spending time with them just, you know, my wife and I just talk a lot sometimes. Um, you know, we, I come home and I'll watch, 
movies with my little kids. Um, right now, my kids, my kid just got to that age where he's like, I really want to watch the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. And I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 sir. You can't watch Infinity War and Endgame. Not until we go back and we got to watch all 20 something movies. Like we're we're in the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy right now. You know, I'm like, nope, you cannot. Uh, you won't understand. You won't understand. You know, that you won't have that that punch in the gut that I had when I watched how Infinity War ended, you know, and um you know, I, I play video games a lot, you know, um, as much as I possibly can. My my nighttime is my time. You know, the wife is asleep. The little kids are asleep. Me and the older kids get on. We play mostly been playing like stuff like Fortnite lately, but we get, you know, we play Grand Theft Auto and stuff. And yes, cops play Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah. It happens. Um, but, you know, we used to play Call of Duty. I don't really play Call of Duty as much anymore, but, um, you know, just try to get try to get lost try to get lost in things. I mean, it's, it is really, honestly, it is, you see a lot of horrific things, you know, you get, you go to work and you get called a racist, you get yelled at, you get told that, you know, you're just trying to fill a quota, which is federally illegal. You get told that you're trying to fill a quota. You get told that, you know, you know, you treat this person differently than that person. And on top of that, you know, just the other day, you know, just the last day that we worked, I had two deaths, two death investigations in the same day. I had to go stand over two dead bodies in, in one shift and it took up most of the shift and that sucks. Like no matter, no matter how many you see, I mean, yeah, they might not bother you, but it's still not fun either. You know, so you gotta, you gotta find a way to decompress. And for anybody that, for anybody that is in law enforcement, man, you you have no idea. The most important thing is to find a way to de-stress and cope and shut you. You have, like, you have to have a light switch that cuts that off when you go home. You have to. You cannot, cannot, cannot bring that mess home. And it's, it's easy. And that's where uh, uh, divorce is high in law enforcement. Suicide is high in law enforcement. Um, and it's because people, a lot of people don't know how to shut that off and they don't have coping mechanisms and they don't have ways to de-stress and release. So if you are a family member of someone in law enforcement, it would probably be best for everyone, if especially their well-being, if you learned to give them that moment when they walk in the door to decompress, give them that moment or that, that little bit of window of time by themselves. You know, if, if you need to go play some video games, you know, if you're, if you need to go for a run or you need to go work out, like give them that window to decompress because it builds up even the best of us, it builds up. Um, and I, I don't know that I've ever met you know, I don't know that most cops would admit to having things like PTSD. And they probably wouldn't. But the reality is with some of the traumatic crap that some of us have seen, I mean, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. And um, even in your smaller window of time, like I've been to things with you that are like, oh, ooh, that's going to it's going to be up in the, the old noggin locker for a little while. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Just uh, find that one thing. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you do you know whittling if you you know you do etching in wood you whatever you do but find something to that your brain can get lost in yeah all right well that will conclude this uh episode thank you